Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, our home movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Night alongside me. We got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So with the lights, sit back and let the darkness envelop you. If you like that and want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with the wood. K. Indeed yeah. it is. Yeah, it Indeed does. it is. Coming at you with another Ghoulish Nights selects because this is Ghoulish Nights month, which goddamn they've been just swinging at us <laughs> at all angles. Stop! I was getting hit. Oh everywhere. my ah, god! Ah, 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 <laughs> but I love you all. This has been fucking fantastic. We started yeah, it's off a fun month. It, sure. it really has. It's been a very interesting pick so far. Every single week, and I'm just like, damn. <laughs> okay, damn. Okay, damn. There was only one that wasn't surprising, and that was the Nightmare on Elm Street. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one that we're going to talk about tonight was so fucking close, yeah. and it, it was, was also our most and like participated poll yet. I'm sure because then <laughs> we were all talking about it in the Discord as well, and people were like saying, "Oh, I really wish it was this one." I was like, mm-hmm. oh, "I hope it was this one." And it oh, was interesting. Man. So the two films that we pinned together, we went the new French extremity route. We've only covered one new French French extremity film before, and that was with the horror queers. It, yes, it was high was tension. Oh, that's so good. With Great that. episode. Uh, they demolished that movie and actually shredded it to pieces. But go back and listen to that <laughs> because it was a, still a really fun interview or uh, fun uh, episode. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we pinned together frontiers. Versus Martyrs. Now, if you're not familiar with any of those, very quick disclaimer, there is going to be some insanity that we are going to be discussing throughout the entirety of this episode. If you do not want to listen to any of that stuff, I would advise to just skip this episode. Our listenership is not worth your mental health. Please, please, please make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yes, very uh, tough subjects to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, stuff that has to do with children, stuff that mm-hmm. has to do with self-harm, suicide, torture. Everything. Um, when they say French extremity, they mean extremity. Yeah. And um, I, I won't even talk about it. Like, even the first 15 minutes, I paused and walked away and came back and started watching it again. I was like, I need a break. <laughs> oh, 15 shit. minutes. Wow. We'll talk about that. I mean, the, that opener is... It's rough. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. Our man. 
I didn't expect it to start that fast. Yeah. And it, there's no breathing room in this movie at all. No. Um, from no. start to finish, it will push you. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're here listening to the episode rather than watching it, that's a good call as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's a good way to see if this is something you might want to see. But like Prince said, warning, like this, we, we are going to talk about some serious topics. Yep. Uh, it goes there. We went there. Yeah. And we're going to break it down. We are, um, and we we yeah, are we are like, not going to really sugarcoat much of everything. We'll probably leave some things out if we deem them to be a little too rough to discuss. But for the most part, we are going to go pretty in depth. So, just a fair warning, everyone. Right. Um, with that being said, the film that won, if you didn't read the title, was Martyrs. <laughs> First and foremost, Freddie, thoughts. Well, it's gonna be interesting either way because I have not seen Frontiers or Martyrs. And <laughs> I don't think Frontiers is and Frontiers is still intense, but I don't think it's as intense as Martyrs in certain in certain oh, aspects. Thanks, Ghoulish Knights. I appreciate you for picking <laughs> this one, Ben. <laughs> uh, but Frontiers is is still definitely intense. It has it has its moments for sure. Oh, like for there's sure. this barn house scene. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Yes. Uh, no, no, you're good. Uh, so I knew that these both movies I knew from the titles. I knew from the conversations within the core community where it is a very intense film. Yeah. I know this was one of them that was kind of like, like I kind of said earlier before recording, it's like one of the holy grails of fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I knew that this was on the list that was going to be voted on. And it was I actually tried though. to prepare myself. By watching Audition, because I knew that was one of the most mm, like messed mm-hmm. up movies, too. Uh, and I survived that, and I would say Martyrs is definitely more fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways. Um, it's very intense, very extreme, but at the same time, they have a lot of cool symbolism. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes with like trauma and doing like self-harm. Movie. Yeah, it, it, it goes to a very level of like, they don't do violence for violence's sake. I yeah. mean, sometimes they do. But yeah, but this, this had, had a purpose. Point. Yeah, this yeah. all had a point. And I hate, like, torture porn movies. I don't really like the hostile movies. I know a lot of people do. Um, it's just not for me. I don't like seeing people suffer. Um, and I think one of the episodes that got me earlier with, an, with our recording is Eden Lake also. <laughs> was one of those movies where Lord I was like, mercy. oh, <laughs> wow, there's no uh, happy ending. No. And there's no really happy ending in this movie too. No. Um, I was very impressed I was able to push myself this far. Like I said, 15 minutes in, I was like, pause, need a break. I need to walk out, come back in. I'm like, Did you finish right. it straight through after that? Um, I broke it up into two parts because okay. I started this pretty late too. I started this like yeah, at 1130 at p.m. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like close to midnight and I was like watching it and I watched a good hour of it and then I watched that at 45 minutes the next day in the morning. So I was, no. you know, start my morning right. <laughs> a bowl um, of Wheaties and Martyrs. Then you go to bed and like <laughs> think about what's happening and wake up to more of it. <laughs> I, I chose the right path for this movie for sure. Uh. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's like, I have to say, like, it is intense. I might not see it again. Oh, but I'm this happy. is for sure a one and done. Yeah. It's one of those where, like, I could really appreciate it, though. So I said, like, they used, um, like, one of, like, the quote-unquote monsters very well as a symbolic way of her trauma following her and trying to see if she can get a resolution, but even, like, what she does and feels like she resolved herself isn't really the resolution itself. She's still haunted by her past and mm-hmm. what's, like, really chasing her and hurting her. Um, and then 
what she's really doing is to herself and stuff like that. And we get that uh, reveal. And it's kind of sad to see, too. And it's very scary for us to see kind of her perspective and what she sees and what she goes through. Right. Um, It gives a great vision. Or Yeah, like, I love when people can visualize mental health physically. Yeah. And we see that, like, a movie that I love to talk about is Relic with the house Mm -hmm. deteriorating from the inside. And that's like a symbolism of dementia, of Mm -hmm. her losing her memory and stuff like that. Her home is essentially... Of her own body. And that's the thing that makes horror films so beautiful and cathartic is that they can actually make things come alive and really visualize what we may feel or what other people might feel who have been in that position. Yeah. And we get a little bit more of a relatable or also a deeper connection of what we may not understand. Mm-hmm. So, this, yeah, like you said, this movie is deep, deep as fuck. It is. And there's even movie, like man. some divine elements into it as well a lot of godly Um, moments (laughs) it's a very interesting twist i love the production value i think the makeup design as sad and disgusting as it looked it was pretty nuts pretty spot on yeah it's pretty spot on like every like cut bruise and malnourished like lips everything was like perfect to make it look as realistic and horrifying as possible yeah um set design was great the house was cool to look at the the way they have like the stuff underground which we'll talk about uh everything visually looked great too the filmmaking was great uh i was even thinking about like the the chase scene of the little girl running down the hallway but it was just her brother and it was not like a scary scene um the use of camera movements and like visuals no like this movie is well made yeah i'll say that much too it's just yeah, it hits you really hard with the extremity of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely puts the extremity in French extremity. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you, everything you said, you know, plus one. I, I I agree. You know, I this was not obviously my first time watching this. This was maybe my third. Mm. Um, but because mainly because I've seen this back in the early 2000s or late 2000s, I should say. Um and I had a bootleg copy. That's pretty much how I watched all <laughs> of them. Um, and I revisited again re- fairly recently when Shutter released them all, like the, the mm. pretty much the whole collection of of them from the odds. Um, and I watched all of them again. I was like, okay, yeah, have me a little a little fucked up marathon. <laughs> um, so, so why did I do that to myself? But I watched them all again. So that was the last time I've seen it. Um, and then I obviously has to watch it. Had to watch it again. But upon me watching it this time around, I obviously went in with a, a different lens because I had my you know notes up and things like that, having to take notes and, and jot things down. So I noticed a few things that I didn't notice before, but I do, I do like like. It's hard to say that I like this movie because it's a good movie. It is a good movie. It's a good movie. I would obviously not leisurely watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I don't think this is something where like I'm like, oh, I feel like watching Martyrs today. Like I don't think I would it's ever not have that be feeling. anybody's comfort movie, or should no. not be anybody's comfort movie. I mean, for some it might be right. Yeah. Like it, it, it depends on on what you picture as catharsis, but right, um, yes. I for me it's not and I don't think I would ever have a feeling of like oh I I feel like watching this today um not like how I am with like oddly enough because I do there are French extremity movies that I do feel like watching like Frontiers like Frontiers is always one that I I, uh would feel like watching or Trouble Every Day 
um, which is also very fucked up. Oh my God. Um, them is another one that I, I wouldn't mind. Like I would think about, but like, I kind of want to put that on, but martyrs out of all of them is the one that I'm, I never like, I'll think about it. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't really feel like watching that. <laughs> like, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot yeah. out of you, especially the, uh, that very last act. Like that one really takes a lot out of you mainly because it's so consistent. Yeah. And it's so frequent and you don't have any breaks with it besides a fucking fade cut. Like, <laughs> so like for me, it's like next day, next day, right. next day, next day. And like, then you okay. finally get to the point where like it's just, the lady comes in. She's like, it's almost over. Like, you know, you're almost done kind of thing. It's her very last meal. And then we get the, the see, which they don't show mainly because I think it was due to production value more than anything, but the surgery, the de-skinning right. scene, um, they obviously don't show that scene. Um, but I think they would have if they had the money to do so. I think so too. Yeah. That was actually very nice that they didn't show it. I was like, Oh, oh yeah. I, I think that would like, have I been had no a idea lot. what they were doing. I was like, Oh, this is going to be some messed up stuff because I saw the contraption. I'm like, Oh my, <laughs> where is this going? <laughs> Um, and then uh, they like cut, so I'm like, okay. And then I see what happens. I'm like, okay, they didn't show at least. And I was like, okay, she's just wearing a bodysuit. Like, there's yeah. a lot of stuff in this movie where I was just, I had to tell myself like, it's just a movie. These are actors. No one actually got hurt. Yeah. And I and it was weird because I don't really have to remind myself that it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, I had to. Yeah. Just for like my own mental like, like I mean safety net. I guess I'm like. Freddie, uh, remember, this is a movie. You're not actually seeing people go through this. Right. Like, you don't see them actually punch her and, like, like, stuff like that. I was, like, telling myself, like, you hear the hits, you see the movement, but it's, like, you see that you it's, like, off camera kind of, but right. you can, like, see the like, intensity of it. from his back point right. of view or something. And, and it's, it's those moments where it's, like, it's so visually terrifying to look at and watch, but at the same time, I mean, that I, it gave me stuff for, like, good. I know that. It's not real because right. they're not really showing it, but they're showing it, but it's still awful and horrific. Yeah. But, like, I had to remind myself, like, it's a movie. There are cuts. Right. I was, like, de- <sighs> like deconstructing the scene because I'm, like, oh, I know how filmmaking is made. Blah, blah, blah. Right. I know how they did the scene. So I was, like, see, this is how it's not real, Freddy. So take away the magic of the movie, but also that was my way to protect myself, too. Sure, so, yeah, yeah, of course, which it's totally okay to kind of, you yeah. know, have your own protection up, especially for – Films such as this, right, with, yeah. with with themes such as this, it's it's a lot. Yeah, these themes are rough, but man, let's talk about. Let's it. talk about <laughs> martyrs. Scene by scene, perfect. <laughs> Directed by Pascal. La- <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I don't not, not know how to pronounce his name. I'm gonna say Lafayette. Um, released September 3rd, 2008, uh, runtime of one hour and 39 minutes with a budget of 2.8 million euros and a box office of 1. million USD dollars with a rating of 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. We opened to a woman, which that surprised me. I thought it was going to be lower. The yeah. rating for this. I thought it was going to be lower because most of these torture films or French extremity films or whatever, they usually get pretty low scores. Um, obviously, because they're not for everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they're it's not made like for everybody. Most critics oh, probably would yeah. not like Especially like, during the watching? 2000s. Yeah, no way. Um I mean, we'll talk more about like some historical stuff about the new French extremity, but, um, and I'll actually. 
I'll kind of do a shout out to someone who made a French, French extremity book. Mm. Um, let me let me see if I can even find it. But I'm blanking on their last name. Uh, da, 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 da. Found it. Yes, it's from friend of the show, Alexandra West. Um, Alexandra West made a film or a book called Films of the New French Extremity, Visceral Horror and National Identity. She made this back in 2016. She mm-hmm. goes over Trouble Every Day, Irreversible, 29 Palms, High Tension, Martyrs. Um, and she goes through a very, very beautiful exploration of these films of how they've even started from the French art house scene back in the 90s. So really, really great yeah. stuff. I would definitely... Um, check this out if you're curious. Do note though, um, this it's some graphical shit in there. Like there's there's some images and things like that, um, that are in the book. But uh, very beautiful work overall. She's a fantastic writer. I love Alexandra West. Um, she's also does the podcast. Um, gosh, it's like a scholar horror podcast, but it's beautiful, beautifully done. It's with, um, Andre, Andrea Subsetti, who also uh, does, um, she has a magazine specifically. It's not dread. What is that magazine called? It's not scream either. I would have to find it, but, um, they do also do a magazine together as well, which is just fucking awesome. Awesome. Uh, Oh, more grew. Oh, okay. yeah, more yeah, group. Yeah. So they, that's that's the their magazine that they do together and stuff, or at least Andrea does. Um, but really great shit, really really cool stuff. They're amazing. Um, but oh, thank you, Freddie. I totally I totally forgot. My apologies. Speaking uh, of shout outs, yeah. Speaking of shout outs, uh, Freddie just reminded me about our patrons. My apologies, everybody. Want to give a special shout out to our patrons really quick here. Give a shout out to James, Kate, Kayla, Philip. Zachary, Nashia, Frank, Kristen, Lizzie, Josh, Vaughn, Alexis, Johnny, Layla, Eric, Kelly, Daniel, Cheyenne, David, also known as Knightley, Carrie, Stu, Anna, Drew, Patrick, oh, hello, Jessica, Jared, Chantal, Rio, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, last but certainly not least, Freddie. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. My apologies for forgetting to give our shout out right there. Thank you so much, Freddie, for reminding me. Anytime. And thank to our ghoulish knights for making this movie happen for our podcast. So. Yeah. yeah. So shout yeah. out to I don't know if that's knights. a real thank you from Freddie, but. <laughs> no, like, you guys got me to push my limits. I appreciate stuff like yeah. that. I didn't oh, have yeah. to do it this time. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a little involvement. I chose the films <laughs> that they needed to choose from. So I guess I kind of had a little bit. But besides the point. We're going to talk about the film now. So if, if you if you made it this far and you still don't want to hear us talk about the film, uh, go ahead. This is the last warning. Yeah, this is your last Perfect. warning right here. We open to a woman horribly injured. And it's not even a woman. It's, it's a, a kid. little kid. Yeah. It's a kid. It's like a teenager. Um, not even. She looks like she's like, I don't know. She looks like she might be like 14. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I think they, they say her age and she's 12 later. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so we, uh, it's a kid though. So we open to a child, horribly injured, running out of a facility. When she makes it out, she begins to scream down the street until cutting, 
until the cutting to black. Old footage of October 16th, 1971, a badly beaten girl with an eye patch comes out of a house toward nurses and a nun. They offer her a bike. She denies it. It cuts to the do- to the doctor sharing that they found a child in the camp form's industri- industrial zone. He points at building one before they head inside. Inside he, um, is where he shares that they have authorization to make this film for the medical archives of Assumption, of Assumption Hospital Patriotic um, Services. He goes up a flight of stairs, entering inside a rickety steel door, confirming that the child wasn't raped. Rather, quote, a classic case of child abuse, end quote. Well, fuck. Oh, them classic cases. Got, all got, the time. Gotta have them. Then he lists a whole bunch of things right. of what well, happened. Nutrition, like dehydration. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's fucked. Um, and but for this, this is a classic case. But we to explain this scene a little bit, he explains um, the they used a steel chair with a hole in the middle of it, that being where she could relieve herself with a bucket underneath. Spots of dry blood are all over the ground as the doctor continues. The wrist infection indicates that she was tied down. There's a bloody mattress on the ground as the filmmaker wonders how she got out. The doctor responds that Lucy, that's the name of the girl, uh, won't say that what she endured there. The film burns to mentally disabled children in, inside of a room. Lucy in a corner sitting on a windowsill not accepting the gesture of another child. Images of her crying while sitting on her bed transition to her playing with another girl named Anna. Anna gathers her her some orange juice while the filmmakers call call her, quote, a little mommy, end quote. Anna responds that Lucy doesn't have anyone. So this is interesting because we, we first get our very quick reaction of the relationship between Lucy and Anna. Right. She's always taking care of her. Yeah. And being there for her and being her support. Right. And man, does that lead to her own demise. But yeah. like that's sad to see too because she was really there for her. And, and it shows their friendship level is really – their connection strong. Yeah. With each other. Absolutely. And, you know, it's – it, what makes this also interesting is how long they stuck together. You know, like when she mentioned that, like, she didn't have anyone, she was her person for life initially at that point. You know, no matter how fucked it was for her, like, she still had a relationship with her mom. Anna did. Right. And yet that she still felt like her guardian in some ways, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Especially for a child to take an adult role like that so early on, too. Oh yeah, I mean both of them, right? Yeah, like you know, they like really they had to grow up immediately. Yeah. So it, it's horrible. Montage of the two girls playing and befriending each other. The film cuts out to a doctor pulling up the projection screen and opening the curtains. Anna sits across from the doctor and a military general. The general asks if she understands why they showed her showed her that. She grunts in agreement. He wants to know if she understands why they need her. She guesses to catch the people who hurt Lucy. He confirms that to be correct. She leans in, whispering that they have to catch them. He is about to ask what else did Lucy say, but Anna cuts him off that she's scared. He wants to know what she remembers, but Lucy doesn't know. Sometimes she thinks she remembers and sometimes she doesn't. He leans in, asking if she can remember. She explains that it's always dark and she can't remember. 
An orderly knocks on the door. They allow him inside. He tells the doctor that Lucy didn't go to lunch. Anna looks over at the doctor. Cut to her running up the stairs to check on Lucy, opening the door to the room, calling out to her, but she can't find her. She checks underneath the beds, but she's not there. She hears Lucy whimpering and crying in the bathroom. She goes to check on her, pulling the shower curtain back, shocked to see Lucy in the tub with lacerations on her arm. Anna shakes her head that she mustn't that she mustn't do that. Lucy cries that it wasn't her. Anna hugs her, telling her to calm down. Later that night, the girls are getting ready for bed. Lucy sticks a chair underneath a door handle. Anna offers her to sleep in her bed with her, but she doesn't accept, going over to her bed to sleep. While they are asleep, they can hear a sound of a baby crying. Only only Lucy is woken up by, uh, by the chair being pushed out of the way and the door bur- bursting open. She calls for Anna, but she doesn't wake up. She goes to look outside the door, but someone walks behind her, causing her to get startled and run back to her bed. Hiding underneath the covers as she whimpers, as she is whimpering and the person is crawling around. God damn, this was so fucking eerie. If they <laughs> wanted to make this into just a ghost movie... They could have. They could have. And that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, well, so I obviously went into this movie completely blind, not knowing a goddamn thing. Uh, fair enough. And this thing scared the hell out of me. I was like, what is this? Is this like a weird monster movie? Is this a paranormal movie? Is this like a haunting? I had no idea. I was like, martyrs. Okay. Someone, sell, someone who self sacrifices themselves mostly. Right. Um, and it is a very religious name as well for people. Um, with that religious background with martyrs too. But I did not expect this. So <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is scary. This is some creepy stuff. Yeah. But like I said, this movie starts off really harsh of seeing this broken child running for her life and trying to survive. And then we go into like this like haunted house type of um constructed scene where I'm just like, it works really well. There's a lot of creepy imagery. The tension gets built. Uh even the movement of how that little girl like runs around I'm like it's scary and then you see her like um, on top of the well, we'll talk about that scene but I was like this was well executed like a scene it's great yeah truly but it, uh, the fear that is planted on this poor little child's face <laughs> oh my god yes. oh holy shit but they move under the cover she nervously uh, checks over the, over to to see to see it slither underneath her bed with fear. Sketch. She peeks over the covers to someone perched on the edge of her bed, staring at her. It screams as it moves toward her, causing her to cover herself again with her covers. Then, title card. <laughs> 15 years later. This is hell of an opening, man. Yeah. And that I love how gritty... And grimy that, the, yeah, the, 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 the letters are is. the oh, title. Yeah, I love it. It's so great. It's like a like a sign. <laughs> yeah, an iron cold, distant sign. That's yeah, just rotting away. Oh man! Fifteen years later, cut to a girl named Marie running down a flight of stairs, screaming as she's being chased by her brother Antone. Um, great filmmaking, by the way. Oh, the yeah. This the, was great. The camera following her and she's screaming. She's and it looks like a horse scene that she's about to get attacked. Yeah. This was an interesting relationship between these two, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, he tackles her. She continues screaming, but soon they turn they turn into laughter. He demands for her to give him the note back as their father comes out murmuring. She jokes that Antone's love, lover can't write. 
Uh, he jumps on her again, their father yelling for them to stop. He makes himself some coffee, calling them in for breakfast as he opens the fridge. He closes it to a news article with the headline, Marie Belford, Regional 100 Meter Butterfly Stroke Champion. Gabrielle um, is is working on a pipe outside the house, and Gabrielle's the mother. Right. Um, while the rest of the family are getting ready for breakfast, the dad snaps his... I love how the mom is like a handy woman. Right. <laughs> it's like, I right now that. it's like the, the, the reversal, right? He's like taking the kid, yeah. kids. Like, hey, calm down. She's That's right. The fuck gender work. norms, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> they also fuck these people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come out. oh, yeah. The dad snaps his finger for his daughter to get out of get out of his chair as you ask his son where his mother is. Antone shares that she had to fix the water pressure and the water pressure issue, which what we learn later why they have a water pressure issue. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Marie chiming in that she isn't happy when she does DIY. He questions if she's happy. She mocks that uh, she mocks that this is the time of her life. And Gabrielle comes into the house, letting them know that she's all done, bringing them in a quote unquote a bonus as she places a dead mouse on the kitchen table. They all back up like and smiling grow. and laughing like <laughs> dead mouse because they all know. They all know because that's like gross. nothing to them. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the kids know? A hundred percent. You think the kids? It's in their house. A hundred percent. True, it, but it is underneath. Right. Still. But like, do you think they, you think they participate? Participated? I don't know, but I, I think I they 100% feed them. knew. A hundred percent. I think they know too. And I think, I, the think I think they actually may feed them sometimes. Maybe. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think they participate in the torture aspect, but I mean, the fact that they're allowing it to go on, I'm sure that's torture enough, but Yeah. Yeah, even the way she like talks, like, "Oh, we lived a high life and blah blah," and how they're just like attacking each other, but it's like playful and they like they I don't know, they live in this like weird fantasy world where everything's so happy and gleeful and yeah, so great. They're comfortable with violence, yeah, <laughs> and death. Very laughing that it's gross. Her mom laughs as she picks up the mouse by the tail, finding this to be the explanation of the low pressure. She moves it toward her daughter's face as she goes to wash her hands. While doing so, she asks if Antone mentioned his great plans. Their dad comments that he he was asking what she thought, Marie claiming that he didn't ask that, rather if mom was mad or not. He demands for her to keep out of this, even though she feels entitled since he's her brother. Gabrielle claims that he's a, he's a visionary. Marie mocks that it's an expensive school to just leave after three months. Antone flips her off, his mom asking if he's going to make this a habit as this, as she grabs a croissant. <laughs> French. I, I. It's funny because it's French, <laughs> but it's just like... The way she just grabs it, she's like, I want that. Yeah. This is bread. You know, just, it is what it is. It's better Rip. than bread. It's a croissant. 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 I like how her bowl says her name on it. That's yeah. cute. Um, it's like their dogs. Uh, <laughs> ripping it as she reminds him that he uh, that he had to go through um, he had to go through prep school to graduate, and he just scraped by. He shrugs that he still graduated. She finds that to be a good thing, reminding him how expensive it was to get uh, him to pass. I mean, fair point. <laughs> 
Can't blame him. Right. Uh, he rebuts that this is a different school and he wants to study something now. He, uh, his dad comments that nobody is forcing him. Anton bows his head that, that law isn't his thing. His dad begs to differ, arguing that law opens up every door. His mom adds her two cents about that not being the problem and that he wants to uh, live with his quote-unquote sweetheart. Anton frustratedly repeats that law isn't his thing. She <laughs> scoffs that they would, they would know when something is his thing, calling him a dummy when he dropped out for uh from being a pastry chef the table erupts in laughter except for him the doorbell rings the dad goes to answer the door while still speaking to his family he opens the door to an older lucy standing there with a motherfucking shotgun <laughs> without hesitation she blows a hole through his chest causing him to fly across toward the stairs holy Damn. fuck this caught me off guard for sure, obviously, because it's so fast and so quick. He, like, opens the door and he just flies behind. And you just see her with the shotgun, like, what? What just happened? And I love that later on we get the scene where she's on the phone with her friends. Like, oh, how'd you know it was dumb? He, she barely looked at him. It's like, open the door. Boom. Fuck you. She just knew. Um, it's funny because, like, she, like, <laughs> it's like she made sure after. <laughs> right. And she's like, I made, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, there was a part of me, and we'll talk about it when they're having that conversation, but there was a part of me that was like, I hope she was right. <laughs> I was there's like, moments in here that there, play like, with your mind, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. just like, fuck, are these the right people? And I love that you don't know until after. Until you know. Well, until after Lucy even dies. Right. And that's the thing where, like, the beautiful thing about this movie. If they would have just left. Like if they would have just been like fuck it, you killed these people. We need to go. Yeah. Instead of just trying to cover but that's up like tracks the or whatever. whole movie too. Like right. Yeah. Um, this movie does have twists and turns. Oh and yeah. Keeps you on the edge of your seat where you don't really know where it's going. And then once you realize what's about to happen, and that's the realization. Like midway through the point. So this movie is kind of split in two parts. It's this whole entire segment. Yep. And then what happens to her friend afterwards? Yeah, so it's 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 pretty much if you think of it this way, it's pretty much barbarian. Yeah. Where, you know, you have the the upper house stuff and then in the lower portions of the house, entirely different movie. Exactly. Entirely different. Because in the beginning in, or in this portion of the, of the film, and this is this is my main kind of gripe with it. Like I think this portion of the film was just so well done and I do think when you're in the basement, it does get a little lazy at times because it is so consistent. The same thing over and over and over and That's over fair. again. Um, like I get the point of what they're doing. They're trying to break this person down to complete hopelessness. But um, it's just, it was certain points where I was just like, this could have been a little bit more creative. <laughs> like, right. like it was just, it was just certain moments where I was just like, I don't know. It just, it got a little, cause like this, this whole first two acts wow yeah, yeah holy shit um it's it's just beat for beat just such a mental trip yes it is god damn it Gabrielle comes out to protect, quote unquote, her children uh, just to receive a shot in the back. Marie screams as she runs away. Lucy reloads the gun, demanding Anton to not move. He closes the door that he was about to sneak out of, holding his hands up defensively. She demands him to sit down. He does uh, what she's told. 
or what he's told, excuse me. She asks for his age. He cries that he's 18. She wants to know if he knows what his parents did. He shrugs and shakes his head in confusion. She turns around for a moment to regain her composure and and to take her hood off. Before turning around and pointing the gun back at him, she waits a moment before shooting him in the chest. She seeks for Marie, try, uh, trying one door, but it's locked, looking uh, inside the bathroom, but it's empty. She hears Marie whimpering from inside her parents' room. Lucy assumes that she's underneath the bed, so she stands on, on top of it, aiming the gun at the mattress, trying her best to sink with the cries before taking a shot. She shoots and misses. Marie cries and crawls out of the bed, trying to make a run for it. As Lucy needs to reload the double barrel, she loads it in time to connect her last shot with Marie. Lucy cries over Gabrielle, rocking her back and forth as she kisses her, crying about uh, how she could uh, how she could do that to her. She violently shakes her before hitting herself in the head and screaming, grabbing the gun, aiming it at her, then Antone, and finally at the ceiling where she takes the shot. Cut to Anna inside of car, eating some bread as she waits for a call. French. Uh, she hears the payphone start to ring and and runs over to it, dropping her bread and all. It's Lucy, letting her know that that it was it was them. Anna tries to confirm. Lucy shares that they charged, um, that they changed, but it's them. Anna wants to make sure, but Lucy is pretty sure. She yells that it's been fifteen years, questioning if Lucy can tell from a newspaper photo. Lucy cries that it's them. Anna wants to call the cops, but Lucy already took care of it. Anna wants to know what she did, reminding her that she was uh, she was to observe since she wasn't sure but Lucy was sure and it continues shouting that she was that she knew she should have come along however Lucy doesn't understand why she doesn't believe her mm. and ask if she uh, where she is now Lucy is still in the house she wants the address yelling for her to give it to her as she writes it down on her hand Lucy throws the phone down to sit back and cry a bit more looking over at the dad and not being able to stand the sight of him. So she sits outside for a moment before she comes back inside the house to lie on the couch. <sighs> what a stressful opener. It's too intense. At least, I mean, you're seeing a entire family get murdered, essentially. Yeah. And, of course, you want her to be right. It's like it's good for her moment and stuff like that, too. But the intensity of a shotgun and the visual impact that you see on their bodies getting hit by the shells of the shotgun itself is very intense. Yeah. And the scene of her kind of hesitating and talking to the young uh, kid, and he's saying that he's 18 and stuff like that. It's like, you should have lied. You should have said you were 17, because now she sees you as an adult, maybe. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't I think so. She about, did kill Ma- uh, Marie. Right, but Marie I think that was younger. the point of no return or something like that. I don't know. But it, it's hard to see such good actors, too. Like, the kids did a really great job in this oh, scene. Yeah. Like, he was literally afraid, shaking. You could see in his eyes that he's watery and teary-eyed. Most of the French and are just really, really well-trained actors. Yeah. Like, you could tell. It, you could it, really it works. Just, It's very wow. effective. Oh, yeah. And, uh, intense, like I said, the intensity of a shotgun hitting the body, you see their bodies literally fly back, and it does destructive damage to the human body and you mm-hmm. visually see it and that's why I said like shout out to the team who like was able to like create these effects yeah the production team is fantastic the impacts was very realistic and that's the scary part too and then just like the the atmosphere of her getting on top of the bed and the feathers are all over the place <sighs> she shoots the girl it just creates this other layer of 
whimsical destruction too of like this is her finale essentially and it feels very cold-blooded too she yeah. does feel like she's not remorseful too much about this but she also breaks down at the very end so you get that emotional impact so when she went up to the the, the mom's body and started hitting herself and stuff like that that's where i paused I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I need a break. Yeah, fair. It's funny because the movie itself takes a break because yeah. they have that phone call. But I'm like, damn, I should have just kept going. <laughs> but like, at least they know when to stop it to give right. a little breathing room. Yeah. Uh, but damn. I like, I like. Looks good in the aspect that it looks horrible. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. That's uh, wise. I like that you even brought up the fact that, you know, she breaks down and things like that. Because I think this whole breakdown is the concept of like, why don't I feel better? Right. You know, like, why didn't this make me feel better after killing these people who were so horrible to to me? uh, She tries to argue that she does feel better. Like, this was the end. Like, I did kill everybody. She has those conversations later on. Um, But yeah, no, it's. But deep down inside, this wasn't. This wasn't what she really wanted herself. Right. I mean, yes, internally, but not what she needed. Right. But it's it's that whole concept of like. You know, when people, the cliche in, in like movies, like killing them is not going to get your daughter back kind of kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like killing them is not going to get her childhood back. Not at all. You know, so like that was still stolen from her. So regardless of what you do in those moments, this was never going to turn out the way that she wanted it to be turned out to. Right. No matter what she did. Admiring the blood on her hand, her attention is brought brought on by a sound. She waits a moment as the ch- uh, chandelier overhead is moving. The noises continue. She reloads her gun, walking around to see where the noise is coming from. The door sl- is sl- uh, slightly bangs back and forth before slamming shut, causing her to get startled and shoot in that area. She hears a grunt coming from inside the kitchen. She cautiously goes over to check it out, uh, seeing the hunched woman that used to terrorize her as a child. She grabs a razor, dipping her hand in blood of, the, of her victim, holding her hand out, saying that she did it while it runs around the house, crying for her to look at... at um, to look as she holds her hand out. Low growls and gurgles are behind her until it jumps on Lucy's back, throwing her against the dresser and slapping her onto a table. Um, it smacks her head on the table, but she is but she is able to get a slice out of it. Dropping the razor, it picks it up, slicing into her back multiple times, causing her to scream from every piercing slice. Eventually, Lucy is able to gather enough strength to hit her off of her. Uh, giving her enough time to crawl up the stairs and hide in the bathroom. I'm curious how she did this to herself, though. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, but damn, the visual of seeing that knife going into her several times and it did not show oh. away from the camera. Dude. And I'm like, okay, we it, get it. You're it drags, too. Yeah. And you can see like the the drag impact too, where it's like right. slows down while she goes down. Ugh. And I'm just like, damn, you it's like this is too realistic, too realistic. Yeah. Why too many times? She's good. <laughs> she gets <She's>, it. <laughs> that's enough slices. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this for me, because I didn't know what was really going on still. Right. So obviously we find out what this entity is. And for me, I thought it was a kidnapped person in the house that just literally was like their pet or something. And it was like going around. It's like, you killed my family because I'm devoted to them, even though they tortured me. Because it's like, 
Um, I thought it was just literally a kidnapped person defending that family because she'd yeah. grown to like, like him or something like that. Yeah, like some type of Stockholm syndrome or right. something. So I was freaking out. I was like, damn, this like, relax. You're free, maybe. I don't know. Like, what's what the fuck is going on? God, shoot. Um, <laughs> I think that's what I love about going into movies blind because you really don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. And I guess for people who even know the concept of the movie who've never seen it, this could be something that the perspective of like, who is this person and why is she doing this? Um, and it, it's a good drawback that, that they showed this person kind of early on, but also early on, she was kind of like a, a little girl too, right? Uh, yeah, it yeah. was, it's, it's pretty much just her. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's such an interesting concept and it kind of like morphs into this other person that we know later on what happened in the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this is a great scene of fear and intensity, and now she's becoming the victim, which is like the other side of the coin. Which yeah, is definitely. Lucy works to catch her breath as she listens from the other side of the door, whimpering and crying as it bangs on the door. The banging on the door stops, but she hears banging coming from uh, from below her. She zones out on, on the sound, remembering when she was a child, stuck in her chains and chair, rocking back and forth to get out. A doctor comes in and grabs her by the mouth which causes Lucy to come back to reality and grab her own mouth. She goes back to listen at the door, cracking the door uh, open to peek through. Man, the pain, man. It grabs her hand, stabbing it. She makes a run for it, running out of the house and into Anna. She she tries to calm calm Lucy down, letting her know that it's her. Lucy crawls away, explaining that she's in the house and and hurt her even worse now. God, her hand is fucked too. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, like, she got cut up so bad. Holy fuck. Important like Anna just coming into just pure chaos. But she's like controlled and like I don't know. She's like taking the everything not like super well, but like she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Right. Well, you know, because like, she's probably been in this situation before with her having these episodes or Yeah. And maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, cause the thing is they obviously both suffer from trauma. Oh, for sure. Right. However, um, Lucy's was both mental and physical versus, um, Anna probably was more mental and just purely mainly mental. Right. You know, having to grow up inside that environment probably wasn't easy. But right. for Lucy, having to grow up in that environment and before that environment, she was pretty much taken away from her family to be tortured to see something. Right. <laughs> like, it's fucked. It is fucked. But um, a lot of people give uh, the American remake version a bad rap. And I'm going to tell you this right now, everybody. You're fucking right. The, the, it sucks. Uh, but they do have some interesting explanations in uh, their American version of like what they may see, which I think makes it worse for that movie. Because <laughs> in this movie, it's super ambiguous, right? Like, right. We have no idea. Like maybe the afterlife or something like that. God, maybe. Sure. Who knows, right? Like they see something. Enough for someone else to make the choice that they wanted to do because of what they heard. Right, yeah, like, oh, just because they were curious, yeah, mainly, but hey, 
Uh, Anna takes her takes off her coat and places it over her lap, then bandages her hand with her scarf. She takes a look at the lacerations on her on her back before she tells Lucy to stay there. She wonders where Anna is going. Anna plans on going inside the house to take a look, asking her to wait there for her. Anna walks toward the house, leaving Lucy there to cry and bang her head on a tree. She heads inside, looking at a massacred family inside the house. She bends over, sobbing as she checks on Marie, running to the bathroom to gag and cry. Can't blame her. She, they haven't done anything like this. Lucy comes into the house calling for her. Anna locks the door and turns the water on as she sobs, telling Lucy that she's coming. Lucy struggles that she, quote unquote, hurt her worse than before worse than before questioning what she will do Anna cries that she's coming that she's coming and she as she continues to sob lucy listening on the other side of the door cut to anna grabbing some items inside of her bag that's inside of the trunk of the car she heads back inside the house lucy is uh sitting on the steps mentioning that she's out of cartridges Anna demands her to do do without them lucy wants to know what Excuse me. Lucy wants to know why they don't they don't leave as Anna tells her to come on. Great question. <laughs> Lucy was ready to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, it's like, like, right, she, go. she was yeah, like, "Let's leave. go. Let's fucking leave." But granted, I you know Anna's like, "We need to cover up our tracks. Right. Like this was so sloppy. You know, like we we need Literally to get the fuck out everywhere. of here. <laughs> yeah, like we need to get the fuck out of here." Um. Lucy knows that she'll, quote-unquote, be back. Anna grabs her, telling her to come on. With a painful gasp, Anna is sticking up her, um, sticking up her wounds on her back. Or stitching up, excuse me. Um, explaining her decision to call her from the house being a poor one. Because they'll know it was them. Lucy claims that she doesn't, but Anna knows that that's not true when she gets locked up. Anna uh, continues cleaning, all, cleaning her wounds, but doing so in an almost punishment sort of manner. This was interesting. Yeah. Because like she she did it like like you you Messed did this, you yeah, fucked yeah. up. Therefore, this is a little bit of your punishment. She was quite rough right. cleaning up those wounds there. It's like damn it. It's like yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm mad at you but I'm helping you too but right. I want to let you know I'm mad at you. Exactly. And it's like it's it's like the whole concept like if like uh a partner or something gets mad at mad at you or something like that, right. but at the same time they still care about you. So like you know, yeah. it, it's just like it's like I, I'm very pissed off at you right now. But here's an umbrella because it's raining. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but the, you know their relationship was was really interesting. Um, it it okay. This is this is gonna be a weird comparison. You'll know the song, um, <laughs> but. Every single time I hear this song, this movie immediately pops into my head. Tattoo, the song, all the things she said. You know the song, all the things she said, all the things she said, running through my head, running through my head, running through my head. You don't know that? Yeah. Yeah. Like every time I hear that song, this movie immediately pops into my head. I think it's because of the relationship. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm sure they're a couple. Like yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point, like they, they feel like they, they're they a even couple. have like this weird like kissing moment. Yeah, out of, like the like oh look at all these dead bodies. Blah, and blah, she's blah, and blah. she's <laughs> just like, what are you doing? Why are you kissing me? And <laughs> and it didn't seem like what are you doing? You've never did this before, kind of thing. Right, it's right. just more so like, why are you doing this to me right now? now? Yeah, yeah it's like, it's right <laughs> now. like like this was not the moment like you, I wanted you, you to know, kiss I'm me. Barrel sometimes, but yeah. not right now. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's Lucy who backs right, off. Right. Yeah. So she's almost like. 
Like, yeah. I may have done all this, but I don't want to do this right now. I'll, I'll, I'll blast everyone who comes in here. But kissing you right now? Uh-uh. Yeah. It's... It, so it was interesting, but that song by Tattoo always <laughs> reminds me of this movie. It's another song by Halsey that oh. also reminds me of this movie, uh, but I can't remember the name of that song. But sing it, it, sing it, sing it, sing it, everyone, I, sing I, it, sing I, it. I, I'm not doing that, <laughs> not doing it. But listen to Halsey's new album. I think it's on there, <laughs> um, which is a fucking banger album that I hear nobody talk about but anyway Lucy wants to know what they'll do uh, Anna ignores the question rather she demands her not to move also another note really quick about Halsey she's gonna be a Maxine oh yeah I thought that's pretty amazing I've never seen her act before so I'm curious so that'd be awesome yeah, yeah. I'm I gl- think it's gonna be a great movie I'm glad Ty West is like keeping that theme you know I a still haven't bit. heard anything about its release date better come out this year is it coming out this year? It's been supposed to. It's supposed to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's By probably, it'll probably be a fall. comes out, hopefully we'll have a trailer. Who knows? Yep. Maybe. Hopefully. Fuck. Yeah. Give it to me. Uh, she begins sticking the, the needle and thread in her skin, Lucy looking back and wincing in pain, commenting about it hurting. Anna apologizes, Lucy asking again about what they are going to do. Transition to them dragging the bodies into the bathroom, Anna dropping down to cry after placing Maria on her mother. Lucy um, asks her uh, what's wrong, wanting to know uh, what she did to disgust her. Mm. Uh, maybe uh anna doesn't answer and continues crying over the slaughtered family lucy grabs gabrielle's um arm and anna's face asking her if she smells that awful smell um that she smelled every time she bent over her anna continues to sob as lucy continues that she smelled it every day when she beat her she takes out a newspaper clipping of, of their family at the bowling alley handing it to anna reiterating on on that being them she leans into anna and she embraces lucy as she continues is crying. Lucy grabs onto her, hugging her tightly as she kisses her neck and cheek. She lets go of Anna, and Anna kisses her on the lips. Lucy is confused um, as to uh, what she's doing, pushing her off. Wanting to know um, if she'll ever be free of this, Anna knows that she will, lifting her back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jump to Lucy being tortured as a child. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Not going to go to, to too many details, which causes her to wake up in Marie's room. She's confused, looking around for a moment and checking out the um, the door, but she doesn't see anything. She grabs the razor before hearing Anna grunting outside. She looks outside the window, noticing Anna dragging Antone's body into the pour- in the pouring rain, dumping his body into a hole with uh, his deceased father. It is. I love how it's the same hole that, uh, Gabrielle was working on. Yeah, it's already dug, so it's yeah, perfect for Yeah, it's like, may as well. It's deep enough, yeah. I guess. Um, she, she closes the curtain as Anna is coming back into the house. Uh, uh, excuse me. She closes the curtains as Anna is coming back into the house for the others. Anna goes back inside the, inside the bathroom, drinking some water from the sink as she tries to catch her breath. When she looks back into the mirror, she notices that Gabrielle is actually still alive. She immediately turns around in shock as Gabrielle begins to scream in pain. Lucy hears the scream from inside the room and gets up to head toward the bathroom. She calls for Anna as Gabrielle reaches out to, uh, for, uh, reaches out toward Anna, Anna, 
Lucy walks down the stairs, opening her straight razor as she continues calling for her. Anna instructs Gabriel to um, Gabrielle to not make any noise as she picks up her daughter. Lucy comes storming down the hall, asking her what she is up to. Anna t- uh, steps out into the hall, holding Marie as she as Lucy asks where she where she was. She answers that she was there as Lucy uh, mentions that she called her, thinking that Gabrielle came back. Anna immediately answers that she didn't. Lucy wonders if she's done. Anna claims that she has to clean up first. Lucy wanted to know if they can't, if they can't, uh, excuse me, Lucy wanted to know if they can leave now. Lucy's ready to get the fuck out. I cannot (laughs) blame her. Should have left. They should have. They should have obviously would have been a very different movie at that point, right? But it still could have worked. They could have just gotten yeah. caught, cat and mouse game, yeah. Just, away from the cops. You know, I don't know something gotten caught or something, and then placed into that brought back there, right? You know, her passing up the whole family and shit while like they're maybe in or a wheelchair going a downstairs. Huge twist: they get arrested. They're about to transport them into jail. They stop in the middle of a freeway and they go into a different van and like. We found her, and they give her to the company, and then they take her away to a facility. It's like hospital. cops were in on it. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> it's like hospital. different movie. It's still no good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Anna tells her that they can, telling her to uh, to get dressed. Lucy looks in the area of the bathroom before walking back into Marie's room. Gabrielle tries sitting up, groaning in pain as she does so, but Lucy doesn't hear uh, hear as she continues going upstairs. I mean, Gabrielle just didn't know how to shut the fuck up. Yeah, just stay still. Yeah, just stay still. Like I know yeah, it, hurts. it hurts. Yeah, I know it hurts, but, but this hurts is more. Right, right. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but meanwhile, Anna is walking outside with Marie, dropping to the ground from exhaustion. She is about to drag Marie to the the rest of the way, but hears a screaming glass break from inside the house. She runs back inside the house, hearing Lucy screaming in pain upstairs. She runs toward the rooms she's. Uh, she's staying in, but she's not inside the room. Another crash comes from down the hall, accompanied by Lucy's screams. She goes in that direction, Lucy in the bathroom with her, quote-unquote. She, she's watching Lucy while on the ground around the bathtub, holding the razor, gliding across the bloody tile floor as she groans. Anna tries opening the door, but it's locked. Lucy yelling for her to open it. She responds that it's locked. This naked creature loudly hisses as it wraps around the tub. Lucy again yelling for her to open Open it. Anna backs away before trying to break it down. The creature loudly hisses as it climbs on top of the tub, crawling toward her. Anna continues working on the door that's latched on the other side. It stabs Lucy a few times before Anna is able to get the door open. Lucy pushes the creature off of her, running out of the bathroom before Anna could even see what's inside. They run back inside Marie's room, locking the door. Anna tries to check on her, but she pushes Anna Anna off. It bangs on the door and screams. She cries that she killed them and their kids. Anna waits for her as or waits for as she sits um, at the foot of her bed. Finally, Lucy allows her to embrace her as Anna tells her to calm down, bringing her over to the bed. As she's taking her off her jacket, Anna is looking at Marie's pictures on the wall. Thunder booms overhead, causing the lamp to flicker and eventually burn out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, our, another interaction with this battle of her terrifying demon. It's scary. Inner demon, yeah. It's scary. Uh, like I said, great makeup design. Yeah. It looks gnarly. You have like that weird, like, Dead eye and a mm-hmm. uh, great, like, gruesome, grimy, slimy body. Um, you see lacerations all over it. You see, like, a bunch of wounds and the way it moves. And, like, the, like yeah, it's crazy how, like, it climbs over the bathtub. Um, it's scary imagery. It's very intense. And for someone like me not knowing what's going on, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, <laughs> I don't believe you're a victim anymore. I feel like you are like some type of demon or monster or something that's like paranormal. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting to see that type of aspect. And then we finally learn. It's like, her oh, guilt it haunting sense. her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's her guilt. It's her trauma. It's her everything. Yeah. It's what if she's really feeling inside and she blames herself for feeling that way and the only way she could do is like everything that has happened to me is constantly attacking me and it's really her memories and her um, trauma is attacking her literally, uh, but it's herself. Yeah. 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 We jump back to the past where Lucy is still chained to the table. Someone comes to the room forcing her to eat, to eat sludgy green soup, first grabbing her by the nose and then by the rest of her hair that she has left. Oh, fuck, this was so hard to watch. She spits at them, groaning at them. She's then slapped and released from her chains. The woman is pulling her toward a chain that's looped on the ground, but the woman breaks her ankle, screaming in pain as she tries to grab um, Lucy. <laughs> when I, I was cracking up at this, I was like, that's how? That's how she got away from you, bro? You broke your fucking yeah. ankle? Damn, bro. You would have been a terrible basketball player. She takes this moment to try to rub her legs awake um, to make her run for it. When Lucy makes it out of the prison, she hears the crying and painful groans inside the hallway. She goes toward the door as a woman yells for her not to go inside there, calling her a little slut. She goes inside anyway as the light flickers overhead, a woman who's crying and reaching out to her. She leaves the woman behind to make a run for it. Jumping back to um, to present time as Lucy says quote unquote forgive me it's not my fault she cries and bangs her head on the wall as she remembers herself running through the area screaming <sighs> man she is startled out of it by the thunder trying to get the door open but it's locked she bangs on the door shouting for Anna yelling that she knows uh, um, that she's there and is assisting the woman out of the bathroom as she yells down the hall that she's coming. Gabrielle is screaming and groaning in pain. Lucy listens from the door. She goes over toward the window. Anna continues assisting Gabrielle as she asks for her name. As she helps her outside, she yells that to Lucy that she's coming again. Um, Gabrielle wants to know why she did this to her. <laughs> They hear glass break from upstairs. Anna sits her down on the wall to check the stairs, but she doesn't see Lucy. She runs back over to Gabrielle, thinking that Lucy heard them. She's starting to uh, fall in and out of consciousness. Anna picks her picks up um, her head, calling to her, picking her up um, that they need to hurry. Anna hears something, but there's nothing in front of her. 
Gabrielle requests for her to call an ambulance for um, for her children, but Anna expresses that she can't do that. She continues walking her toward the door, sharing that she'll take her as far as the woods, but she's then on her own from that point on. Lucy comes around the corner, hitting Gabrielle in the head with a mallet. Where'd she get that mallet? <laughs> I mean... I ain't mad at it, though. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm mad because that's intense, but yeah. That was cool. I mean, not cool, but yeah, fuck. It's brutal. It's brutal as <laughs> shit. Um, it's, she should have played dead. I, I mean, yeah, until I they really? left. Yeah. At that point, you know. Anna tries to stop her, but she continues bashing her head and pulling an, um, pulling her off of her, pummeling her head repeatedly before getting up, asking Anna if she helped, um, if she, or asking Anna why she helped her. Anna answers that she didn't do anything. Lucy reminds her that uh, she heard her screaming me as she smashes a vase. Anna crawls away as Lucy questions her wanting to live. She continues smashing things, terrorizing Anna as she continues crawling away. Lucy drops the mallet, realizing that Anna never believed her to begin with, claiming that Anna thinks she's crazy like the doc- like the doctors, questioning what they did questioning what uh they did um excuse me questioning what did they ever do for her, believing now that she is just like them. She topples over a stand as Anna uh, cowers in a corner, suggesting that she's just like them. Man, that shit would have hurt. I'm like, man, I heard it. Why are you talking about me like that? (laughs) Lucy hears the groans of the creature on the top of the stairs. She goes over to it, seeing it slither at the tops Ugh. of the steps. Lucy tells the creature that they are gone. This shit. It's such creepy imagery. That's the way her body moves on the ground. It kind of just like looks up at her, but like also it's like just scooting forward with her body. It's like, I don't like it. You know, I would, not, I would not have been mad if Pascal or Pasquale did evil dead i actually got a lot of evil dead vibes from this well particular the design of yeah of the her creature. inner demon yeah, yeah yeah um because that's the thing about this movie and that's the thing that's uh different from the evil dead it's like this evil dead without comedy or joyfulness or like bonkersness evil dead 2013 um but also that's still enjoyable because it's not Oh yeah, Evil Dead 2013 has a lot of rewatchability yeah. because it's 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 still fun. It's still fun. It has that light tone in a dark movie, and it's There's also so rid- light. There's it's no also light so in this ridiculous in Evil right. Dead as well that you're just like that could never happen. But you, like this, you're just like oh fuck that could happen. 20, you said 2013. 2013. Yeah. 2013. Yeah. So the the, the the big contrast of this movie, it just it never has any chill moments no dialogue about like friendship or anything like that or helping the, friend the power of friendship get over um addiction essentially too and that yeah. was a big movie about a symbolism of addiction and having her inner demon literally destroyed at the very end too it has a lot of parallels to this movie actually the 2013 version of this movie um essentially her own demon was her own inner demon of addiction and that's the symbolism of it they just did it in a fun creative bloody rain way yeah where this one is just dry grew uh, um, like gray dark and realistic approach to it right and that makes sense damn yeah damn indeed definitely two different tones but i could definitely see him do this yeah for sure you know i want to talk about him for a little bit too um because yeah. he made a movie that is also equally as fucked up 
Um, and this one was more for an American audience, um, but it was called the um, Incident in the Ghostland. And when it first came out, it was just called Ghostland. But um, Incident in the Ghostland, it has crazy twists and turns, a lot of things dealing with childhood trauma and things like that. Um, and it's kind of like if these group of people were amateurs kind of thing. Sure. Um, but it's still super fucked up, wild as shit, no happy ending. It's fucked. It's super fucked, actually. But that was his last movie. And I don't know why it was his last movie, but I could take a speculation because one of the actress that was in that film got hurt, like, really bad. Like, mm. really, really bad. Uh, glass shard went, in her, went into her face and um, had a, she had a huge gash. And it was pretty much after he said that uh, she'll be safe and for her to bang on the glass. So she banged on it. It broke and shattered and sh her chin fell on it. And then it just cut her all on her face and she needed reconstructive surgery, Ugh. all that stuff. And it was nuts. Of course she sued the fuck out of him uh, as well. And yeah. And ever since then, he never made a movie. Yeah. That was 2017, I think. Lawsuits probably can't take that risk with him ever again. Yeah, probably not. Where they're just like, oh, dude, you you fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, man, you fucked up. It's like, we know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what honestly, you know, kind of put him in a bad spot too is that it was more for an American audience, this film. Um, so, like, there were American actors. He did it in Hollywood, so on and so forth. So, you know, I think that kind of really burned that bridge at that point for him where it's just like, oh, yeah, sure. you're never making a movie again. <laughs> but yeah, that was his last flick. Not hers though, which was nice. That was nice to hear. She she still she still makes stuff. Um anyway, Lucy tells the creature that they are gone and that they won't hurt her anymore. The creature screeches as Lucy Lucy uh which has her walk away and grab a box cutter. Anna moves fr uh, from her position. The creature crawls um uh crawls towards what? I don't know what I was trying to say here. Um, oh, the creature crawls onto uh, Lucy, hugging her tightly before slicing her arm to her wrist with the box cutter. Ugh. She screams in pain as she moves to her other arm. Anna makes it um, makes it over toward the hallway, not seeing anyone there except for Lucy doing this to herself. This was super intense. Um, yes. And really, really fucked. Very graphic. They super graphic. Like, show away from it. They actually no. show the entire thing going down her like arm. arm. Yeah. And it's like it's like unzipping a fucking like jacket. Yeah. The way it went down, it was it was intense. You know, granted though, I, I compared this scene to Thirteen Reasons Why. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um. I feel like Thirteen Reasons Why was a little bit more intense. Just because there was a lot more blood. <laughs> and there's I mean, two reasons why, but still. Yeah, but it's like blood because of the bath. Right. And it's like you see the same amount of blood, I think, here. Well, no, like it looks blood like gushes out of her arm, right? Yeah. And this one kind of like pulls, but. That's true. Yeah. Because uh, like it was like, it, yeah, it was like a geyser in Thursday Reasons Why. But um, it's, it's fucked. 
It's like it, all, none of them are great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like both of them fucking suck. Like let's be real. But yeah, because you see, it's it's this like one pulls a little bit more. Yeah. So like this one, just more so as it, you can tell that it's them using a, a, some type of effects to like make blood go there. It doesn't really look like it's completely cutting into her arm. Um, but oh, no, yeah. it looks pretty good. It looks good. No, it looks, it looks good. Too good. Uh, I'm I just don't like it. I don't like it. I'm watching it too many times. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah, I was surprised that you started yeah. over, but but yeah, sorry for the weird noises. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's super fucked up. But it reminded me very much of uh, 13 Reasons Why for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, didn't they pull that? They pulled that scene, didn't they? Um, I think they eventually took it off of Netflix entirely. That scene. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't rewatch it. No. One time, too. Yeah. yeah. I stopped at that first season. I didn't even watch the second season either. I was just like, this. Oh, no, I did I watch the second, the second season. season. The second season became like a school shooting. That's right. Thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, you're going yeah. hardcore on all this. Yeah. 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 It was, it, a little too many romanticizings. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, and I like that they do have disclaimers. They do have some topics to talk about too but yeah it's it's a rough thing to like see as a tv show movie like these are meant for entertaining people mm-hmm. and it's weird that we do that and that i always had this conversation with people's like oh have you seen the who's that serial killer that was on netflix ted bundy uh no it's oh, the guy Dahmer. Who, yeah Dahmer. they're like oh did you see the Dahmer series i'm like no, but at the same time, it doesn't really interest me. That's a real person that killed real people. And I know, like, a lot of people are loving the show and things like that. It's like, but these events really happened. And the thing that really pissed Poor me Evan off, Peters, man. I saw some people's like, oh, I'm going to dress up as Dahmer for, yeah, Halloween. for Halloween. I was like, you guys yeah. don't really understand yeah, that. Like, up. yeah, like, that's fucked up. I don't know. That's, There's a weird place for me where, like, like I said, like I can appreciate this movie, but I'm like, I'm not going to come vis- visit this again because I'm not entertained by this. No, subject matter. This is not entertaining. No, yeah. but hey. I can appreciate it. It's like they did a great job. Great job. Like we all talked about, like, filmmaking is great, but yeah, nah. but no. She calls for Lucy as a she slash the uh, creature grab her head and slamming it repeatedly into the wall, slamming um, the slamming becoming faster and faster and more violent until she gets up and runs out of the window. She gets up, Anna trying her best to make it over to her, yelling for her to stop. Lucy slices her throat, falling to the ground as Anna runs over to catch her, crying out no as her only friend lies there dead. Cut to Anna um, cleaning off Lucy's wounds and blood as she lies on the, on the couch, or lies her on the couch. She sits next to her deceased friend, wrapped in a blanket. The next morning, Anna calls her mother, who is upset that she's calling now since she uh, hasn't c- contacted her in over two years. Her mom asks her um, all of these questions about her pretty much um, feeling like shit, but Anna claims that it, that isn't it, and that she just felt like um, talking to her. Her mother trying to make sure that she's okay and not in trouble Anna claims that she isn't her mother wants to know where she is she bluntly answers that she's pretty far away the mallet drops on the shelf her mom wondering where she sleeps Anna repeats that she's okay she wants to know if she's still with Lucy feeling like she's under her influence Anna claims that she's not um, but her mom keeps going she hears a loud banging noise looking over the uh, over to the mallet no longer being there 
Her mother is cussing her out as she puts the phone down to investigate. She and walks- that was her downfall. Oh, her yeah. putting the phone down and not hanging up. Yep. She left the line open, so when they were trying to reach that family, that's the reason that why it. they came. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yep. That's crazy. Super fucked. She walks over to the uh, to the dresser, trying to look into the hole in the wall. She tries to open the cabinet, but it's locked. Finally getting it to open and noticing that it ends up in into another uh, portion below the house. She grabs a flashlight before going down there to investigate, finding a light switch illuminating the family's sick, torturing experiments that's presented in the hallway. She was. Con- she continues moving, finding a hatch with a lock on it. She finds a ring of keys on the hook, grabbing them and trying multiple keys until she finds the ones that open the hatch. Hmm. Would you have gone down there? Hell no. <laughs> this reminded me of Lost. <laughs> oh, fair. That's a good comparison. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> good comparison. But I was like, this part, I was like tripping. I was like, what? And then I was really happy. Well, not happy, but like. It was cool to see that this gave validation to... This was the reveal. This was the real family, yeah, essentially. Yeah, like, it was them. Um, she did her duty. But I was like, oh, man, are we going to, like, on a sci-fi adventure? <laughs> like, what is type of thing they're doing? Like, why are they torturing people? Uh, my mind was going all over the place trying to figure out what the hell was going on. What do they have there? I was scared that there was going to be, like, people down there. Yeah, being, like, like some people under the like stairs that. type shit. Right. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's a very interesting twist and turn of this movie because now it's like this is a whole other movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Anna releases the ladder and slides down for her to head down there. When she does, she finds a chair in the middle of the room with a hole in a bucket underneath it. A chain is across the floor and is instantly yanked. She follows the chain to a woman chained up in the middle um, with a metal mask covering her eyes and vagina. God, this shit looked crazy too, man. The costume design, of yeah. The Holy, the helmet, f- yes. Fuck the weights on her, where you learn later. I'm just like, oh. what? God uh, it's damn, so sad and like gruesome and yeah, man. And it and it's it's this w- movie knows how to be fucked up. Oh yeah, oh they're creative yeah. with it. The woman hears Anna and moves over toward her as she whimpers. She ends up right in front of Anna, not able to hear her as she begins to cry a bit. Anna reaches out her hand, the woman hugging her leg. Anna checks her um checks uh the her bondage, taking them off as she assists her um out of there. Anna helps the woman upstairs, sitting her down on the wall, instructing the woman not to move. Oh, fuck. She doesn't listen and moves over to Gabrielle's body into the corner. She tries to take off the rest of the bondage. Anna uh, makes it back over with her first aid kit. She takes some alcohol and places it on a cloth, trying truly, um, truly noticing all of the lacerations and scars on this woman's body. She tells the woman that she can't, she can't take care of her. She places her, uh, she places the woman inside the bathtub. She begins to get scared and slightly scream as she submerges her into the tub. Anna assures her not to be scared as she helps her clean her body, holding her hand for a moment before um, pulling out a flathead screwdriver. She puts it on, she puts it on top of the woman's head, pulling out the pins one by one, oh causing God. the woman excruciating pain. Finally, able to rip the mechanism off, Anna grabs a towel to cover her her and clean her oh telling the woman to rest bitch how 
Oh my god. How am I supposed to rest? You ripped pins out of my head. Yeah. How? How do you expect me to rest? <laughs> Anna goes um, back into a living room, Lucy uh, asking Lucy to forget, uh, forgive her as she sobs over the corpse. She uh, wakes up later in the day when she hears the woman groaning in pain down the hall. She goes to find the woman inside the inside the room, cut, uh, cutting deeply at her wrist. The woman runs out and, and rubs her head frantically on the wall. Anna tries to stop her, but she gets slapped across the face. The woman is about to run out before she is then shot in the head, falling on top of Anna. God damn, dude. Holy shit. She pushes the woman off of her, looking at a woman dressed in all black holding the shotgun. They call her the handy woman, this woman here. Which one fucking cool. Um <laughs> fucking she cool. looks so threatening. Oh, dude, she's so intimidating. I, I like immediately all of them, they like don't give a fuck. They're no. like not faced by not anything inside here. They're like, we've killed people before, we've seen them. Well, this thing. is their job. We've They're like, this people. is work. This is a fucking Nothing. Tuesday afternoon yeah. for us. <laughs> like, oh, it looks like they found the family. All right, well, we have to go do a bunch of things. All right, we're going to do this nonchalantly. Yeah. Like, damn, what the fuck? You guys have no souls. Yep, none whatsoever. Uh, but the handy woman, who I'm going to refer to as HW, um, henchmen <laughs> gather the body of Gabrielle as she goes uh, goes up to Anna, asking who the girl is on the couch. Anna is still in shock, not answering right away. She finally mentions that it's Lucy. She wants her last name. Anna tells her. I couldn't pronounce it, so I didn't write it. HW <laughs> then wants to know who she is. She shares her full name. HW uh, comments that they've they've been trying to reach the Belfons for hours. One of the one of her henchmen, who's known as the executioner, <laughs> answers that the phone is off the hook. HW states that that this wasn't supposed to happen, wanting Anna to tell her what happened there, grabbing her by the hair, asking her what she is doing there. They take her inside the dungeon, locking her up. Cut to the henchmen throwing the rest of the bodies inside the hole before burying them all up. Anna fell asleep down there, uh, waking up to to waking up when she hears the doors opening from above. HW and the executioner bring in a table with two chairs, unlocking her cuff to place her hand um, behind her back, grabbing her and sitting her down as an older woman um, who is Mademoiselle um, comes inside the room. She mentions that, that Lucy escaped them 15 years ago, admitting that she was, uh, she was a time, uh, admitting that it was a time when they were less organized and Gabrielle shouldn't have let her get away. After 15 years, that takes spirit. Otherwise, Lucy is only a victim, like the others. She continues to be. Uh, she continues it being easy to create a victim, explaining that you lock one inside of a dark room. They begin to suffer, feeding the suffer the suffering meth uh, methodically, systematically, and coldly, making it last. As she explains this, she is opening up a small book, understanding that quote the subject. End quote, goes through a number of states, but after a while, it makes them see things that don't exist. Wanting to know what Lucy saw, Mademoiselle is in disbelief, thinking that she saw nothing, as Anna doesn't answer her. Anna answers that it was a dead girl. Mademoiselle shares that the girl she found, Sarah, kept seeing cockroaches running all over her body, explaining why she was rubbing her head frantically on the wall. 
wanting to cut her arm off than to bear that, admitting that the, that people no longer contemplate suffering, that being how the world works, there only being victims left, martyrs being rare. She turns around to look at Anna, commenting that a martyr is something else, an extraordinary being, surviving pain and total deprivation, able to bear all the sins of the world, transcending themselves, quote-unquote, they transfigure. So initially, transfiguration, same thing that happened right. to Jesus, right? So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create transfiguration. Based through pain and suffering. Right. And those who are martyrs are able to transcend themselves through that. Right. Like Jesus. Right. Right. Jesus was tortured and to the point where he went through transfiguration. So that same concept here. Like this movie is extremely biblical. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, it's. Everyone which has is, a God complex, wants to rule people and yeah, everything. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So super interesting stuff, but. Very hard to watch. She sits down, showing Anna the book, explaining the pictures. Longsheng province, um, uh, 1912. This woman didn't believe in God, and she tried to steal a hen, adding that when, uh, uh, when the photo was taken, she was still alive, wanting Anna to look at her eyes. And her eyes are kind of looking upward, right? right. And, they're, and they're gone, though, right? right. Like, she's, she's gone. And she's being kind of tortured and things like that as well. But her eyes are looking upward. She goes to another picture from 1945, a grocer that slept with a German, um, which the French were not having during that time. So she had uh, to pay, reiterating that she was still alive, wanting Anna to look at her eyes. Looks like her head is cut off, though. Right. Like it so has a laceration across her neck. And yeah. It looks like it's cut off. At, maybe she's like wearing a dress. I don't know. Maybe. And it blends really well into the mattress where it just shows like a floated head, essentially. Right, exactly. Uh, Birmingham Hospital, 1960. Every time I see Birmingham, <laughs> I think of this TikTok of this um, this British girl. <laughs> um, it's this guy who asked this British girl, what's the worst British accent? And with the thickest British Cockney accent ever. She's like, probably Birmingham. And it's, just, it's like, damn, what? <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me. <laughs> but shouts out to her, wherever you are. Um, an ordinary housewife um, who was a, an atheist in the terminal stages of cancer. Morphine no longer having effect. Wanting Anna to look at her eyes. She continues showing her horrid images of women all looking upward in their last bouts of life. It's horrendous stuff, right? Like people right. are de-skinned, people are emaciated. It's fucking horrible what she's showing her. Finally closing the book, repeating that they were all alive when they were photographed. Not wanting to hear about the notion of martyrdom is an invention of the religious. Them trying everything, including children. It turning out that women were more responsive to transfiguration. Quote unquote, young women. It turning out, um, Mademoiselle leaves out of there. The handy folk cause her, um, cause her to get scared so that they can knock her out with chloroform. Yeah, it's it's crazy because when she walks away, she calls her a young woman. She like, does. You're like, oh, they're doing it to you. Yeah, that's yeah. So when she walks away, that's right. She does call her a young woman. Um, it's like we only do this with, we try with small children, but the best effects are with young women. It's like, well, I'm about to leave, young woman. Yep. Like, you're, you're, you're going to go through this. Yeah. So, 
And it, it's uh, just so heartbreaking because she's like the friend that was always supportive, was there for her friend, was there to like, uh, and even wanted to save one of the bad people too. Like she seemed like a good person who wanted to do the good thing and the yeah. right thing. She genuinely was just was trying like, to help. It's such a shitty situation to see her go through this. Yeah. Um, it would, I mean, it would have been shitty to see uh, Lucy go through this too. Um, but yeah, it's, this is a tough movie, man. It's rough, man. It's rough for sure. But it's it's interesting that there's a whole organization behind it. That was kind of mind blowing. That was kind of cool to see. Um, and they're like, and they, I don't know if they said this earlier or this comes out later. They said like, oh, we used to be in that facility, like in those factories, and she escaped us. We're better now, essentially. Yeah, she's she's, she's like mentions, we have upgraded or some. She says she, some type of lines like, no, "We're just better now." Yeah, she, more she organized. That they were disorganized then. Yeah, and yeah, Something so like now that. they're more organized. I was um, like, "Damn, that's terrifying!" It's like you guys like right. built a cult. It reminded me of the movie Fresh. Like, there's this unspoken cult. Oh, sure, the sure. The people sure. who like eat people and stuff like that. Reminds me of Hostel, man. To be yeah. honest, so, you know, just yeah, like the, a, you know, like the. They were really talking about the underground, yeah, yeah, kind of stuff afterwards, yeah. Because it sounds like to me, which these, is terrifying. Who knows if this stuff is real? Who knows? You never know, right? It's scary. Um, but it's it sounds to me that these these people here weren't elites in the past, right? And they were just like, okay, we need to become elites so we can do this better and cleaner. Right. And that's initially what they did. Not in this abandoned place. Right. We have our own like home built. Yeah. Whoever built this was like, this is fine. Yeah. We want this build. Yeah. I got this. I'm an architect. I don't know why you're building this, but okay. <laughs> well, I think they know people, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, that's like, why I feel like the group is humongous. Yeah. And that's terrifying in itself. Even when um, uh, Gabrielle says, call an ambulance for my daughter, Gabrielle's not fucking dumb. She right. knows that her daughter's dead and she knows an ambulance wouldn't do shit. Right. It's too late. It's someone that's within the organization exactly. to bring the bodies out. Exactly. So she knew that, and, and I believe Gabrielle knew that she was going to die, but overall, she was like, call this ambulance, and I think it was mainly going to contact these people right. to where they came sooner. So, Yeah. Anyway, fades to her waking up, sitting in a chair with herself chained. She tries to get out of the chains, but no use. Looking around for anything, screaming as she's pull as she pulls the chains, dropping to the the floor from exhaustion. Fades to her waking up on the floor. She gets up. Um, she gets up, moves toward a vent. Uh, moving toward the bars when she hears a mechanical banging. She's she's back in her chair, waking up when she hears the ladder sliding down. They they bring her some soup to eat, forcing her to eat it no matter how much she spits it out, hitting her when she does. Anna gopes it down, crying as the woman moves out of there and leaves. This time a man comes down there. He takes off his her restraints with ease, grabbing her and placing her on the wall, slapping her before moving out of the way. She tries to make a run for it before he grabs her and punches her in the stomach and then the face, holding her up until she wakes up so he can then can continue hitting her. And by this point, this is what I mean of the consistency and things like that. They continue this pretty much for the day after for, day after day. After exactly. Day after for the next day. 20 minutes of the movie. So I'm going to go ahead and jump around a little bit because it's literally this. He just comes in, beats her ass. And leaves, leaves, beats her ass again. again. She eats, spits it out, beats her ass. So like, it's just him beating her and beating her and beating her 
and to just complete submission pretty much um so we're gonna cut to the part where they crudely start cutting her hair um they crudely cut off her hair give her a very rough sponge bath more beatings follow shortly after that her trying to fight back is completely useless by this point and finally gets gets to the point where she starts hearing and remembering her conversations with lucy about being there for her she whispers that she misses her incoming more sloppy soup this time being fed uh, gentler um, after Anna's last beating to the point where sh- her eyes are sealed shut, she he- can hear Lucy saying, quote, you're not scared now, end quote. The woman comes back down. Anna um, has go- grown accustomed to her. She grabs the woman's hand she- and she grabs, her- she grabs back for Anna, ass- assuring her that her suffering is almost over and there is uh, one more stage left and that she will, she will be all right not needing to protect herself ever again, telling her that uh, this is her, um, telling her this as she caresses her face. The executioner uh, Michael opens up the door and picks her up, strapping all her limbs onto a rotating table, moving it all the way downward until she's upside down, cutting off her clothes before cutting into her flesh. The pain is so intense that she doesn't even scream. He wheels her in um, in on a wheelchair with a tarp over her head, strapping her arms and, and taking her taking away the chair, revealing that he has flayed her to just muscle, leaving her face intact. He goes upstairs and takes a shower as the woman makes a smoothie. He puts on some regular clothes before heading upstairs. She asks if she's still bearing um, bearing up. He answers amazingly as, um, as they trade shifts. He goes into the bathroom, cleaning the wound on his neck, stopping when he hears something. His wife screams from downstairs, calling for him. He goes to, he goes to her, embracing her. The woman is, uh, the woman's on the phone with mademoiselle really hyping up the expression that anna is giving <sniffs> revealing that she's also still alive and she's just looking upward just like the images right right um completely flayed and just her face is the only thing that's intact here as she's staring upward Anna is downstairs, staring completely upward, just like in the photos, the camera zooming into her eyes that is clouded by something inside, moving into her eye to spot a white overcoming orb, eventually moving back out of her eye as she continues staring upward, but this time with a euphoric expression on her face. Mademoiselle speeds to the residence slash torture center. They welcome her inside. immediately taking her to the site she uh, wants to go alone they bring her to anna who's inside a liquid bath she asks anna um if she saw the other world anna slightly nods her head leaning closer to hear uh, hear from her we weren't able to make it out on what she was saying Fade to more of these elite old sick fucks showing up to the house. They sit down in the living room, one of them getting up, uh, getting on the steps, announcing that, quote, Yesterday afternoon in this very house at around 12.15 p.m., Anna was martyred. Let us pray our, pay our respects. Anna is an exceptional being. In 17 years of our endeavors, she is only the fourth that to have attained this stage and the first, yes, my friends, the first to have relayed um, what she has seen. Between 12.15 and 2.30 p.m., Anna clearly saw what lay beyond death. 
Her state of ecstasy lasted two hours and 15 minutes. This was not a near-death experience. She experienced authentic martyrdom. At 2.30, she came out of the state. At 3.05, she spoke. At this very moment, she is still alive. But she has stopped communicating. Mademoiselle heard her testimony. That testimony will be shared with you in a moment. End quote. He goes up to call Mademoiselle as she's taken off her makeup. He knows that there is something, asking if it is uh, if it was clear. She admits that it that it is as she continues taking off her garb. She sits on the tub, calling him back outside if um if he can imagine what the, uh, there is after death. He asks if she's all right. She questions him again. She takes out a gun from her purse, <laughs> telling him to keep doubting before shooting herself in the mouth. Fade to a definition of martyr, quote-unquote, witness. Fade back to Anna, sitting in the pool, continuing to look upward. <sighs> then, credits. God damn it, man. A lot of stuff in that last couple scenes. <laughs> um, it's intense, because yeah. you see her facial expression, you see that she's kind of like, almost like, dead inside, and she's looking up, and you see the cloud of light go inside her eye, we kind of go inside that eye and zoom back out, which is, again, great filmmaking, great editing, great visuals. It's great to see, and it's terrifying to see, and it's haunting, and it leaves that emotional impact in you. Yeah. That this is what they wanted this entire time. And then you you hear... Huh? What do you think they saw? Uh, The afterlife, yeah. I, I do think she... And they talk about, like, how precise and precision and how clear she understood it and was able to relay relay that that information and it was enough for her to look at it and be like that's what i want and now that you've told me and how like probably amazing and awesome how that is and what you've seen like i don't care about you all like you doubt if you want i'm going there yeah she's like i want to get i want to get there as soon as possible yeah she's like she explained it perfectly yeah you guys don't have to understand that. And she understands, like, if you really understand it, you don't understand it because you have to, like, witness it yourself. Yeah. Um, hence, they talk about only four people have been able to see it and let alone have someone explain it. Yeah, and it's first funny. one to explain what it is. It's funny because it, it's so weird because I had this type of moment this week where I actually saw a movie that I really love. Uh, it's called Past Lives. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like I'll a movie where out. I watched it and I was like huh, this is a very hard movie. Like, I saw it, I can clearly talk about it, but I can't explain how it feels or how, like, it impacted me or how, like... Just one of those you gotta watch for yourself. And that's kind of like, like, I could tell you it's a good movie, but I can't tell you why it's a good movie. It just impacts me in a way that I can't explain in two words. Yeah. And that's how probably the other four people or three people did, but she was able to articulate it in a way where it's like, I can't explain it to you. Yeah. And she took that as like, I understand shoots herself yep she didn't care about explaining it to anyone else like i got what i wanted and that was like her catharsis of this whole entire journey for her because it seems like she was like one of the founders or whatever she's been there since like day one um yeah all this work all this research all these facilities all this like upgrades were meant for this moment and she's like i I got it yeah how much i know what happens how much longer do you think she's dead alive anna that's the that's the hard part too. You don't really know the events of what happens afterwards. No. But it um, ends with her not dying. There. So wait, what? She technically doesn't die. It ends with her not yeah. dying. It ends with her not dying. She's still captured though. Yeah. And everyone is going to be like, "What 
Well, we're gonna have to maybe I'm do sure this everyone again. heard the shots. Yeah. And so I'm so it's sure like what events happen afterwards. Like, do they I'm sure they went kidnapping people? Do they go through it again? Or do they dismantle? So. Like, I think they went downstairs and just asked her themselves. And I think they all just did it. They all just were like, they all probably took them their lives that that day. I don't know because I feel like in her eyes, like you guys keep doubting whatever. I think they're just like, well, okay. Yeah. I'm sure they heard the gunshot though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Caused them to probably go like, "What the fuck?" Right. And then they I probably they all ran downstairs and in a panic. And I, I could uh, the, the way I pictured is that they ran downstairs, said to Anna, "What did you say to her?" Right. Kind of thing. But anyway, I got some movie facts for us. You some movie facts. <gasps> Morjana Alawa, um, actress that played Anna, broke three bones during the movie shoot. And had to stay in bed for six weeks. So Pascal's just a fucking... Hurting people. Yeah. He's, yeah, just, yeah. he's a great director, but it sounds uh, like he doesn't really take care of his crew. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably why he, he stopped. For sure. Maybe, yeah. That's probably why he definitely stopped. I don't think it was by choice. <laughs> uh, my lean... Uh, I'm just going to stop just say that Mylene, I can't say her last name, um, and Marjana, actresses that play Lucy and Anna, both staged in an interview that they would never work with the director, Pascal, again. <laughs> well, there you go. There has to be a reason. <sighs> yeah, I'm sure he never will ever He never took precautions. Um, let's see. Uh, Pascal has confessed that he wrote the screenplay for the film in a state of clinical depression, bordering mm. on suicidal thoughts, which is why the film is said to have a nihilistic and depressing subject matter. Mm. It's rough. Yeah. Then we also talk about the themes like her committing suicide and other people. It's like, what happens after death? Yeah. It's one of the main questions in this movie. Right. Damn. That is super interesting that they both have stated that they will never work with him again. <laughs> Not one, but both. Yeah. Like, yeah, never again. And then when he made that other movie, it, uh, I she said the same thing. She was like, I would never work with this guy. <laughs> like, she's, but she actually sued him. Right. So. Rightfully so. Yeah. But that was Martyrs. <laughs> God <laughs> damn. The next film that we are going to be covering, I'm oh. not going to tell you. Because oh. it's our last film. And I'll just say what it was the the two films that are going head to head against each other. We got Freddy versus Jason Ooh. versus Alien versus Predator. Damn, put them all in the match. Holy shit. But we are also going to be having a guest join us on that episode, which I'm very excited to have her on. It's going to be Kat from, I believe, Hear a Scream. Is Hear a Scream, it? yeah. yeah. She's going to be cat. Looking very forward to having her on. It's been a long time coming. Um, so this is going to be super cool to be able to chat with her about this film. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, but this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we had Freddie. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. With your help, we can reach more Ghoulish Nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast app allows you to rate our, our show, please consider giving us a five-star rating as it honestly does help us out a ton. If you want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's not with a what? Okay. And remember, everybody, don't forget, 